Welcome to episode 22 of the Soulcast with my friend Drew Tang. Unfortunately, we didn't get all the audio for this podcast, but we're going to be speaking again next week. We'll re-record uh, lots of new stuff, I'm sure, but there's about half an hour all up, uh, so I've just spliced the audio clips together. So enjoy what we have uh, and look forward to uh, next week where we will hopefully, or we will, get uh, a full podcast. So enjoy. I was. I always wonder about these things. Um, obviously, podcasts slowly growing. Do you think they're keywording podcasts now to look for things like topics that they don't want to get out to the greater population and like you know blacklisting those podcasts? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, but you'd have to. Um, so from my end, what I've seen as far as censorship, you got to get pretty big to get their attention. Um, but, uh, yeah, especially like, so where are you posting, uh, the podcast? Like what platforms is it going? Uh, all platforms. Okay. All right. So like Apple music and shit like that. Apple podcasts, uh, Spotify, obviously YouTube and, uh, SoundCloud a bit later, but that's a separate upload. Um, sweet, sweet. Yeah. Most platforms. Yeah. No, yeah, it should be fine. I mean, it's, uh, I don't think they're doing like full, um, you know, like uh, AI, like searching the the fucking voice for um, for stuff and then censoring it. So we should be fine. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I just wonder because um, you really have to be careful. I think I think that they're doing so much more than we realize behind the scenes, and the little bits of information that we get are just like a you know, drips out of the dam that's about to burst. Yeah, no, I, de- I definitely agree for sure. Mm. So how did uh, Drew Tang first get into all this stuff? Uh, I-, I think for me, you know, it's it starts with, you know, exposure to the information on the internet because you're not going to see it in newspapers or anywhere else. And I think for me, uh, when I was growing up, teenager, I quickly realized early on that if you wanted the best information, it's going to be somewhere on the internet where there, you know, was no censorship, no editing, didn't have to be nicely presented in a book. And I think once you familiarize yourself with internet culture and, you know, 4chan, and that's just one side of it, but that whole network, uh, the best information rises to the top and you can kind of, if you're smart about it, correlate the good things. And that's where I've learned so much shit about, health and fitness, bodybuilding, and that's where I first kind of started seeing alternatives to the mainstream news, and, you know, something clicked in my brain, go, oh, hang on, they're not quite telling the truth, like, what, what's going on here, because I think when you grow up, you just accept that as the news is trustworthy, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, that, why would they lie to the people about, um, you know, what's going on in the world? Surely they're just trying to report the news, inform everyone, and you would hope that that's what's happening. And I think initially, uh, the whole thing, or I mean, who knows, maybe it was initially set up to, uh, to influence the people. I'm sure you could tell me that, but yeah. How, how did you get into it all? Uh, and yeah, we're, we're, what, what state do you think we're in now? Yeah. So to, to start with the first question, um, you know, how did I, how did I get into the whole thing? How did, uh, Drew Tang come to be, um, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, no, it was very similar to yourself. I think, I think that's, 
you bringing up uh, how you started to learn about, you know, alternative media and the reality of the mainstream media and the yeah. spin and how closely controlled it is. Um, the bodybuilding aspect is really uh, is really key because that was also a big part of uh, my journey as well. Because definitely, you know, you when you first start working out, um, I was a freshman in college. Um, yeah. And uh, and yeah, so I was, you know, I was just getting like serious about working out, and I was, you know, when you see the fitness industry, you see all these steroid bound, you know. Um, you know, the, the super jacked like, uh, competitors and you're yeah. like, okay, so this is naturally, um, you know, this is naturally, uh, achievable. And you're like, okay, well, how do I do it? I need some supplements. And then next thing yeah. you know, you're spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Not that there aren't good supplements, but you know, there's, uh, there's a whole industry that's just trying to sell you whatever they can. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, selling you on this pipe dream that, uh, you know, isn't really naturally achievable. Um, so yeah, that's, that was definitely part of it. Um, I would say that was, you know, that was actually one of the very earliest, um, influences for sure. Um, but it was right around that time. Uh, I think my real, um, opening experience and I had been, I had some experience on forums and stuff like that, which is mm -hmm. another good point you bring up. Um, like just the idea of having online internet communities where you're crowdsourcing data as opposed to getting data dictated to you uh, by yeah. a center of power, like a news station, for instance. Yeah. I think that's extremely important. Um, and I definitely so uh, was a part of part of some communities like that um, uh, as a kid. And and yeah, uh, bodybuilding definitely um, got me into, again, another community where you're giving information that is contrary to what is being pushed and has the most money behind it as far as messaging. Mm -hmm. I'd say though, you know, the true awakening, and I've told this a few times, um, I've talked about it a few times on Twitter, but yeah. um, during the uh, 2016 election in the primaries, you know, I was just a, I was just a normie lib, you know, I was just going along with what everybody Full else lib. in high school. Uh, yeah. I mean like, so I guess I'll, I'll put, um, you know, I'll, I'll put a qualifier on that. I did like, uh, mind you, I wasn't old enough to vote, but I was in 2012, I was like a big, um, Ron Paul supporter. And I think mm -hmm. like, you know, at heart I was anti-establishment, Yeah. but, um, in the 2016 election, you know, I was watching the daily show. I was watching all the late night, like, uh, <laughs> us, like talk show host clones. And I yeah. was just like, you know, that's where I got all my news from. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool. I'm like, yeah, the, the left is the rebellious ones. They're the ones fighting the system, big oil, yeah. um, you know, climate change, all this stuff. Um, and, you know, Bernie Sanders comes around. And I think what really attracted me to his message initially was the fact that uh, the news was trying to stomp him out at, any, uh, at every turn. So mm. it like appealed to me on that level because I recognized like, okay, this is what they did to Ron Paul. Um, so that's like a, a good sign. But anyways, huge Bernie bro. I think what really opened my eyes in like a very drastic way that I would say I attribute, um, you know, the whole awakening pro uh, process to that really broke a lot of my paradigms was 
one, seeing Bernie Sanders get completely destroyed in the media and watching Hillary Clinton rig the election. Yeah. But mainly it was those WikiLeaks that proved that uh, the DNC was rigging their primary yeah. and then watching the news completely ignore it. Uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign uh, hiring the ex-head of the DNC who had to step down, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. She yeah. had to step down because she was exposed. And then they hired, they put in her place Donna Brazil who uh, was the vice chair, and then she got exposed as giving Hillary Clinton uh, questions during the debates and, and further rigging it. Yeah. Um, and it was just like just the amount of pure corruption. And it's like I was like so bought into this, um, you know, this whole mainstream, everything's fine, like Democrats are cool, Obama's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, that whole paradigm. <laughs> and then, of course, what, what else was in those WikiLeaks was Pizzagate. And, you know, I was I was on the on the ball the entire time these WikiLeaks were coming out. I was, you know, anybody who would talk about him, I was following them and I was, you know, um, reading every drop. So, yeah, uh, the Pizzagate stuff really, uh, really woke me up. Uh, it's, I was just like, what? What is this shit like the and, you know, it wasn't so much. It wasn't even I always talk about this uh, with Pizzagate. Uh, people are like, you know, they talk about the code words and shit like that, like Obama ordering $65,000 of pizza and hot dogs to the White House. I think it was hot dogs. But um, the thing is, uh, you don't even have to go into the code words with Pizzagate. There's literal emails where um, to John Podesta where this woman is like, yeah, I'll have the kids age seven and nine in the hot tub for entertainment tonight. Like... Jesus. So it's just very, very obvious stuff. I was like, what? I'm like, how can this be real? <laughs> and then, you know, just really there's all types of like just infinite rabbit holes to go down in that respect. And then I saw uh, Reddit, one of the first, these, you know, they have all types of conspiracy uh, communities on there, 9-11, whatever. Yeah. Um, but Pizzagate was the first one that they manually took down. And it was like, it was the... That's when you know it's you real. Know, yeah, exactly. And I was like, wow, I've never I've never seen something, you know, I've never watched I never watched a cover up happen in real time. Yeah. Um besides the the whole election as a whole, but uh seeing that happen and then realizing they killed Steph Rich, um who was the leaker, um and then just ignoring Julian Assange, you know, basically saying yes, he was the leaker and then you know going into Russiagate and all that but i would say definitely the awakening process was it was mainly around those wikileak emails um which ironically also led me to um to bitcoin in a way because david seaman one of the main um uh he used to he used to uh, work for huff post actually he was a contributor but then when he started covering pizzagate you know he just gets wiped off all of mainstream blacklisted but he was also into bitcoin crypto and then going down that rabbit hole led me to the Federal Reserve, um, and then that kind of led me to like the broader conspiracies. Definitely JFK to 9/11, everything's a rich man's trick. That documentary uh, basically uh, laid everything out for me, and it was uh, it was a whole new paradigm from there on forward. Yeah, it seems like you have to go through that process of slowly having your not sanity, but just your belief in this old system chipped away over and over until you just see something so ridiculous that you're like, all right, well, that's bullshit. And then you are then open to, 
you know, investigate, look at new information. But, you know, it's that whole thing about um, humans on the whole. We, the biases that we hold is that we'll see the same information, but depending on our pre-existing beliefs, it can mean two different things to two different people. Um, you know, it's, it's like Scott Adams talks about is that there's this one movie screen, but two movies, two movies playing, depending on, you know, let's say loosely it's Democrat, Republican or conservative versus liberal. You know, it's mm-hmm. every single issue that comes up in the news that is all part of their psyops to divide us. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to take one side or the other. And every single news article that comes out, it's just this constant. And I'm guilty of following it too much as well, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Especially being on Twitter, it's just like, you know, people talk about what, what what's currently happening. And it's mm-hmm. good on the one hand, but it is like... Also, I can't help but feel that I'm playing into the psyop somewhat, even being conscious of it, because I'm, let's say, I'm relatively addicted to my phone, like everyone is. Um, so, do you consume any mainstream media now, or not mainstream, but like the constant flow of news information uh, if you're online is kind of unavoidable, it seems? Yeah, yeah, no. So, um, so I would say my main um, my main, main intake of uh, you know new information news um, would be from there's a couple of really good uh, you know YouTubers independent media outlets um, mm-hmm. that will you know will consolidate the news as it happens and they'll even you know they'll find uh, things that aren't plastered everywhere else um, and you know collect those and then report on them. And I do, uh, you know, from the Bernie bro days, I'm still following a ton of the, um, you know, left wing. And so I'm getting, you know, I'm getting uh, both sides of the uh, perspective for sure. Anti-establishment left and right. And yeah. to go back to your, uh, what you, your point about the divide and conquer aspect, um, I can see, you know, I think I have a unique perspective uh, having switched over per se. Um, I would definitely consider myself more right-leaning now, um, but or what would be considered right-leaning. But uh, I can see these anti-establishment left and anti-establishment right. These groups are they're identifying the same problems, and they uh, they're just disagreeing on the solutions. But they have the same they have the same enemy per se. Um, yeah. And every day I can see like. I can see both sides getting closer and closer to the truth, um, which is really interesting because, you know, these uh, the lefties have always, you know, they've always hated, um, always hated the rich. They know the rich are corrupt, um, you know, the the mega rich per se, Um, but they just can't like there's still this stigma that they have, which has broken down on the right, thankfully, um, you know, due to Trump and, you know, even uh, QAnon for whatever, you know, psyop purposes that was for, you know, I really don't know. I think it's uh, just to go off on a tangent. I think the, I definitely think QAnon is from inside the Trump administration, uh, whether or not that ends up being, you know, you know, Trump administration ultimately being benevolent or whatever, that's besides the point. But thanks to that influence, at the very least, there has been a, you know, a huge awakening on the right. Uh, recently to go away from the traditional uh, rhino Republicans, you know, the Mitch McConnell's and the um, 
and you know the Paul Ryan's and so on and so forth. The yeah. the I guess the John McCain's and George Bushes would be a better example. Um, yeah, the, and you the know, legacy they're, they're people. To identify. The legacy people that are uh, the sides, two sides of the same coin, uh, for the most part, and it's you know the powers that are or the the powers that want to retain their power uh, or mm. gain more power versus the people and that's always how it plays out whether or not you know you you buy into it's democrat versus republic it's it's really not it's it's a very small group of very rich people uh who are you know for their own nefarious interests whether they think they're doing the right thing or not you know i'm i'm sure they're I don't know if some of them are, are doing it in, in good intentions or not. Um, but I always like to, you know, give that possibility because I'm sure not all of them are demons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, or they're, you know, or they see the, the demons that they're serving. They see them as, you know, um, you know, Lucifer just means like light bringer, for instance. So they think they're, you know, advancing yeah, and human he civilization. Was an angel. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Um, yeah, not to not to completely go off on that uh, the separate tangent there, but yeah, um, it really no, let's is. Go there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Yeah, so I mean, like, uh, yeah, I I would say the true divide is really it's the globalist versus, um, you know, not to say nationalist, but it's it's basically a battle between uh, centralization and decentralization. Um, yeah, you know. That's, you know, that's basically what the whole United States is based off of, the United States of America. The idea that, you know, we don't have, we'll never be subservient to one central power. Um, yeah. And that and I think that's really unique aspect of what we've seen during COVID is that um, different states have been able to have uh, different amounts of lockdown depending on the government. Um, so, for instance, I was in Florida for two months and, you know, it was, I was in Key West, which is basically the southernmost part of the uh, continental United States. Uh, mm. And, you know, they had everything was open, bars were open, you know, um, very little mask uh, regulation and stuff like that. They were having, like, uh, pool parties and uh, everything was kosher. Um, but, yeah, so that's just showing you, uh, you know, decentralization versus centralization. I'd say, you know, the true enemies, I think this is one of the um, uh, one of the things – that uh that i tweeted recently was the question of who is they yeah and um and yeah it's basically you know there is this uh cabal of monopoly holding families that have held power for the last 100 200 years while the you know the the current um structure the like that faces the public say the rockefellers gates ford um uh, those type of people, those new families, uh, those industrialists, Gilded Age families, the Bushes, um, you know, they've had dominance for the last hundred years or so. Um, and yeah, they're basically just trying to consolidate power as much as possible, uh, form a new uh, new world order, uh, one world government. Um, and I think I, I really if, if we could just understand that, as a civilization, that there is actually a group trying to consolidate power across all nations and take complete yeah. control over the world, I think a lot of the division um, would fade away. Yeah, it seems like 
you know, that's part of the reason I wanted to talk about this with you is that, you know, if I can help a few more people discover the truth uh, and therefore make better political decisions or, you know, planning for their life, because it is something that can, uh, you know, affect us on a grand scale as, as we're seeing now. Um, that's why I wanted to talk about it, uh, get the message out and hopefully do it in a way that doesn't sound like crazy conspiracy theories. <laughs> which is not, you know, conspiracy theory as well, I think, is just a psyop to, you know, delegitimize information that doesn't come from the central power. Yeah, 100%. And, and you know, one of the, the classic memes about, um, you know, the phrase conspiracy theorist and, you know, its prevalence in our, our culture um, and, you know, the connotations that it has around it. Yeah. Um, after the JFK assassination, um, the CIA put out these um, put out this memo essentially, um, and it was like labeled under psychological operations. And essentially, what it said it was this is I believe it was revealed in 1976, so about uh, 14 years after uh, the assassination itself. But the document basically um, it specifically talks about. Um, it specifically uses the word uh, conspiracy theorist to refer to people who. So that does it for the audio that we have of this conversation. There's about 10 minutes left after this, but that'll be the end part of the podcast. Unfortunately, we missed the middle, but next time will be even better, I'm sure. So thanks to Drew. Uh, enjoy the end bit and I'll see you next time. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it, I think it is, um, and you know, there's so much, you know, there's all this uh, astrological stuff going on um, that indicates like this huge, this huge shift. Like the Mayan calendar, you know, is is a great example, but you know, just the astrological events I've you know mentioned earlier is like 2020 is just such a um, such a critical time in history. Um, just based off of, you know, even these ancient, ancient cultures knew this. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know, it's, it's this going to like the idea of the apocalypse, you know, what is the word apocalypse? What does the, that word mean? It's, uh, it's a Greek word that means revelation. And that's why the, the last book of the Bible is called revelation. Um, that's where we get, you know, the apocalypse from. Um, and, and what does revelation mean? It just means a, a great revealing of what's been hidden. Um, so, and that's, you know, that's that idea of, you know, revealing what's been hidden, given, um, you know, releasing all this information, finally ending this multi thousand year monopoly on information, uh, is, is the revelation. And you can finally see the evil in front of you. Um, so yeah, I, I do think, um, I do think, you know, everything has its positives and negatives, but I think um, I don't, you know, I definitely don't think the world order is going to be able to get away with what they're doing. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's overall going to be great, but um, we're going to have to see. And, and of course, you know, like we're talking about, it's all a, uh, it doesn't really matter what happens in the outside world. Uh, you know, it's about your perspective on it. So um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's um, an important note to make is that you can be controlled in 
every asset of your life. You can literally be in prison, but you still have the choice to own your own mind. And no one can take that away from you, no matter the external circumstances. Um, it's, you know, the mental tools that we're recommending that you build uh, will enable you to realize that you can't necessarily change the events that happen. Or well, obviously, once they happened, you can't, but uh, you can't force other people to make different choices. But you can always control. Uh, what you react to those circumstances or what you believe about them. Uh, and you can have the beliefs that are going to help you navigate it or you can have the beliefs that uh, are going to leave you in those low vibrational uh, mindsets where you're more easily taken advantage of. Um, and again, with the, the big tumultuous nature of... Um, I'm not very schooled in astronomy at all, uh, but I'm sure there's, there's something to it. Um, but... I think you have to go into it with this mindset of, okay, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to go back to what it was before. That's, that's impossible now. Too many people are awake and great changes need to happen. We have to, whatever happens, still enjoy and have faith in the process and you know, not let our spirit become dominated uh, because that is the only failure really you know eventually we will be victorious as long as you don't give up giving up is the only failure in a way and you can't be defeated unless you give up so no matter what happens uh in the next few months and years likely i think it's important for every you know young guy as we're growing up in this time to embrace it and because it's happening, you know, you can't change that. Uh, you might as well go into it and see as best as possible what you can learn from it, uh, be in the best positive mindset that you can or the most aware mindset and know that it's going to be a bumpy ride, but to, you know, ride the, cap, the, ride the tiger all the same. Um, and I think going into that and knowing that it's not going to be this comfy lifestyle that we've kind of enamored ourselves with over the last few years of consumption and everything's good, blah, da, 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 da. Uh, that's not going to remain the same for the most part. Uh, but to embrace that and just see in what positive way we can take it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, who knows it, you know, it, uh, it could, you know, things could, you know, not significantly, um, decrease in terms of, um, you know, uh, quality of living. But, you know, then again, there are, you know, there are, there are actual wars like the United yeah. States did actually fight a civil war and, uh, you know, not that long ago. So, so yeah, I mean, it's all about, uh, yeah, it's all about, uh, if you, if you know yourself then there's, you know, there's nothing to fear. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think that's what, what's so important where, you know, a lot of people, and that's, I think that's why people ask me that question about like, when you, when you get to know how the world works and how evil these people are, like, how do you stay sane and not like, you know, fall into complete paranoia? And it's like, um, it's like, I know myself and I, um, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm grateful that I can actually see what's going on. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, it's like, okay, there's, yeah, there's bad people out there, but 
if there if there weren't then you know life would be pointless it would you know if, if everything was hunky-dory all the time there's no challenges then um then life would be completely just void of all um of all possibility of achievement so it's uh yeah it's uh i'm just excited to be alive at this time in history and um and I'm excited to uh, help move humanity uh, forward in the right direction as much as I can. Yeah, it's it's about, again, it always goes down to gratitude and having gratitude for your problems because problems enable us a chance to grow, uh, whatever it is, whether it's career-related, relationship-related. You know, it, it gives you a tool to highlight in yourself something that maybe you weren't aware of before. Uh, whether it's a, a belief that's not serving you or just a fresh perspective uh, or a skill that you learn through navigating a problem. I think the greatest teacher in life uh, is living your life and taking risks and starting a business and learning why it went wrong if it goes wrong. Um, we have, I think, moved away from life experience uh, being our predominant teacher to, again, these schools and universities and authority figures telling you what is good uh, or what to learn and what to do. And all that really gives us is, um, you know, like you said, uh, obedience uh, and belief in something that someone's told you rather than you living your life, experiencing things and getting your own firsthand evidence of, of how the world works and how life operates and experiences uh, that color your perspective, I think is the, the greatest uh, education you can get. And tangentially related to um, a lot of guys ask me what to do when they're 19, 20. And I always just say, just go out and try different things. Live your life. Uh, travel if you can. Obviously, now that's a little bit, you know, moot point, uh, at least for the moment. Um, but I think college is, you know, it can be good if you are networking with like-minded people and learning some technical skills which you need for your chosen career. But for the most part, you'll be better off starting a business uh, than studying business development for three years. Like none of those professors have run a business. It, it's, not, it's not lived experience. It's all theory and a lot of theory is bullshit at the end of the day. Like economic models where, you know, hypothetically, uh, if this guy had 10 oranges and then 10 other oranges were introduced in the economy, his demand quotient factor is going to go down. Like it's nonsense. For the most part, no, there's no exact science of predicting the value of shares. The market is really the, the thing that determines that and people have their theories, but it is all a bit nonsense uh, if you look at it with any you know, fine tooth and combs, dissimilar to how like physics, you're always going to get this force result from this equation or, or maths is similar. Uh, education on the whole has become this bloated engine uh, of indoctrination, uh, which we mentioned before. So if you're a young guy and this this next few years is going to be a big education and you just got to make sure that you take advantage of it as much as possible. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm also very, very grateful to be alive at a time and have the capacity to share information uh, through the social media. And, you know, I, I think this is a very exciting time to be alive. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm very positive for the future, despite everything, because good always wins and love always wins. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I think that's, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's just, um, you know, being prepared 
um, which is mainly uh, you know an internal process. So regardless of, of what happens externally, you're ready. Um, and uh, and that just goes back to everything we talked about before: the mindfulness, the um, you know the the health aspect, and um, and yeah, the self love, and then all the uh, you know all the knowledge about the external stuff um, just falls into place. Well, Drew Chang, I think that is a uh, great place for us to wrap up. Uh, where can people reach you? What things do you have out? I know you mentioned your book, Woke, Yoked, and Remote, Breaking the Matrix. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, that's in my bio on Twitter. Um, uh, Twitter is really my, my main, uh, main social media platform, so at Drew Tang at home. Um, and then I do have a, uh, my social media brand is called blockchain bastards. Um, and you can find that, uh, on Twitter, um, at B chain bastards. Um, and that's where I'll be, um, on a blockchain platform hive that we discussed earlier. Um, I'll probably be, uh, posting this, um, on there eventually as well. So, um, yeah. Awesome, bro. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm sure we'll do this again soon because there is so much to delve into uh, and a lot of information that needs to be shared with the world. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, bro.